Welcome to Bold Faith with Courage Molina, a place where you get empowered and equipped to be who God has called you to be, do what God has called you to do, and go after everything he said you can have without hesitation or apology. Let's go. All right, let's get into this week's sermon. Good morning. Good morning, welcome, come on in. As you come in, be sure to drop where you are joining us from in the chat. I am Pastor Courage Molina of Bold Faith Community Church. We are a virtual church and really our mission is to share the good news about Christ and to guide you in studying the Bible for transformation so that you can experience God's best in every aspect of your life. Here's the thing. We really just want to help you to become a minister of the word of God. We want for every Christian in every household to be a minister of God's word, equipped to rightly interpret it. And then we want to empower you to apply it in every area of your life. What does that really mean? Hey, you don't know Jesus? Great. We want to share the good news about Christ. And now we want you to join us. Okay, now you know Jesus. Yay. Now that's not enough. Okay, knowing Jesus, that's is that's good to get you in the pearly gates, you know. But God has called us as believers to study to show ourselves approved. And so that's what we want to do here. We want to guide you in studying the Bible for transformation so that you can be equipped to rightly interpret the word for yourself. Um, I want you to come back every weekend. I want you to stay a part of the community, but I don't want to uh, put you in a position where the only time you can get a word from the word of God is when somebody else is breaking it down for you. I want you to know how to do it. That's what we do here. So that's kind of what sets us apart. Not just that we're a virtual church, um, but also because um, we are all about equipping you to learn how to study the word of God for yourself. Now, listen, if this is your first time and you already love it, go ahead and hit the subscribe button because in order to be like a member, I got my air quotes up if you're listening to the podcast, in order to be a member, what that really means is that you attend church regularly, that you show up for the Zoom immediately following, and that you're part of the community. It also means that you serve and you give here. You can do all of those things, serving and giving, um, right at our website, boldfaithchurch.org. You can go to boldfaithchurch.org. And that is a place where you can, you know, give, serve, join, all the things. Now, listen, you can also go to boldfaithchurch.org to find out about this retreat. So excited. I know the retreat's not till next year. I know it's not until July 12th of 2024. But you need to go ahead and get your spot right now. Like you are waiting on what exactly? This is our third annual retreat. It is the Faith Ignited Retreat. It will be located in Greensboro, North Carolina at this luxurious spot, the Grand Over Resort and Spa. It is amazing. The food there is also delicious. Staying there, it's just, oh, it's what your body needs. And getting in the room is definitely what your soul, what your spirit needs. This is a place for you to connect with God in a way that you haven't before and to connect with your sisters in Christ. We are here every week and we're from all over. It's like a family reunion when we get in that space. You do not want to 
miss it. So you can go to boldfaithchurch.org and you can go ahead and reserve your spot today. You don't have to wait to reserve your spot. You can reserve your spot today. I think those are all my announcements. I'm ready because we are getting ready to start our next study. We have been studying the book of Acts for all of 2023. So from January to October, we've stayed in the book of Acts. And so now we are moving on. We finished that last week, finished that up. And so now we're going to be in the book of Romans. Now, normally in the past, I have just given you a short intro and I've gotten right into chapter one. That is not happening today. The book of Romans is a little different. Um, so what I really want to give you today is an overview of the book of Romans. I don't actually even have any scriptures off the top of my head or that I have plans right here to reference, which I never do. But this is like, this is the pre, okay? This is the pre before we really get started. Don't you just love that though? Like, okay, I already know that for the next 16 plus weeks, my pastor is going to be preaching from this this is going to give you an opportunity to get an overview of the book of Romans, get all your study materials together so that whatever I bring is icing and sprinkles on the cake because you've taken the time to get into this word yourself. So we're going to be starting this week with the book of Romans. I want to encourage you to get some resources. So I'm going to share some resources first, then I'll get into the overview for us. Okay. Um, so here's what I, here's what I recommend that you get. I recommend that you have a really good study Bible. Um, one of the study Bibles that I love is the life application Bible. Here it is here. They have it in different translations. This is the NIV. It's typically the one that I read from when I'm going to read the scripture. We read the scripture every um, every week in church, too. And so this is usually what I'm reading from the NIV. Life Application Bible. It's a study Bible. It has all of these resources. When we say study Bible, what that means is it has study notes. You want to get these study notes because it's going to give you an overview of what you are about to read or what you're about to study. It's going to give you the background and context matters, which is why I'm devoting today's sermon to the context of the book of Romans. Context matters. It is impossible to rightly interpret any verse in the Bible without looking at that verse in the background of the chapter that it's in, in the book that it's in, in the Bible, right? Where does this fit in the gospel story, our understanding of you know, uh, what the Bible is all about. Where does this fit? You can't, if you just take a verse and this is what happens, you can just pull a verse out and you can make that verse mean anything, child, okay? But rightly interpreting means you've taken consideration of the context. And when you have a really good study Bible, that study Bible is going to help to uh, fill in some of those gaps about context. You're not expected to be a Bible scholar, but you are expected to be a student, Right, that we would be disciples of Christ, meaning that we would lean in. The Word of God talks about us getting knowledge and understanding, about us meditating on the Word. We have to get some understanding, and that might require some resources, right? Study Application Bible, it has a ton of resources and a ton of study notes. It is going to give you a great introduction to the book of Romans. Another Bible that I recommend, it doesn't have as many study notes, actually. 
it is the um, the new inductive study Bible. It, this version that I have, it is ESV. It's the English Standard Version. I don't read from it a lot, but I do reference it a ton. And with the new inductive study Bible, it is not going to give you a ton of Bible notes, but it is going to give you an overview for each book. And it's going to guide you in how to mark up your Bible. This is, I know this is a lot. I just want to make sure y'all get this right. It's going to guide you in how to mark up your Bible, how to separate different sections. It's going to help you to understand where there are patterns or things that you don't want to miss. It's going to guide you in helping you to understand what some of the key words are from chapter to chapter and from book to book. It's going to help you to really get some great insight. It's the inductive Bible study. It's basically three part. If you've been with us for a long time, we use an inductive method. I call it the bowl method. It's the method that I created, but it is basically um, observation, interpretation and application. That is what an inductive Bible study is. No matter what the steps are, um, does it require you to take some observations? Does it require you to interpret? Does it require you to um, to apply it? That's basically what the inductive study does. And so this is another really good resource. Um, the MacArthur Study Bible, if you're in Courageous Discipleship, if you've come through that, then you probably have this already. It's the book that I give to that group of people when they come through um, that program. Courageous Discipleship, this is for the first one. CD1 would have gotten this. It's the MacArthur Study Bible. I'm often asked as a woman pastor, why would I use the MacArthur Study Bible when he is very vocal about believing that women should not preach? Well, because we all have sand. It means that none of us get it all right. It doesn't mean that I don't have any value. There are some things that I have taught or even now that I don't teach perfectly because no one is perfect but God. It when we say we know we're not perfect, it doesn't mean that we do some things badly. It means that we don't do anything perfect. There isn't anything I can put my hands to and it be perfect because I'm an imperfect person. The same thing is true for everybody. What does that mean? It means that I will never know and understand every single thing under the sun as it relates to the word of God. It's just not a thing. The word of God tells us that. So we have to rely on the Holy Spirit to help us to sift out even the, even the most well-meaning um, Bible scholars, leaders, pastors, teachers, evangelists, whatever. That's why it's an individual relationship so that you can sift through the saying that they might um, accidentally pass on to you. So it's great. It has a lot of Bible notes. It definitely has a great introduction for each one. That's, this would be a good one. And if you don't have a study Bible and you don't want to buy another Bible, you can get a Bible handbook. It's something else that I would recommend to uh, clients in courageous discipleship. What is the Bible all about? This is a really good one. You can go right to whatever book you're studying. And so for us, we are studying Romans. We're getting ready to study Romans. You can go right to Romans. Oh, hold on. If you know where, if you know the order of the Bible. Okay, then you can get to it fast. <laughs> it has a separation there. It tells you letters from Paul and then understanding Romans. You want to get an overview and understanding of what you are about to study so that you understand the backdrop of it all. So I strongly recommend that. All right. 
I'm ready to get into it. If you have questions, you can drop questions. I will be answering questions throughout the week. Even if you're watching this as a replay, I will still be answering questions. I encourage you to join our Facebook community, Bold Faith with Courage Molina. Um, not everybody that's in that group comes to the church, but it's a place where you can find me. You can ask me questions. I'm happy to answer questions. It's also the place where I go live to talk specifically about what I'm teaching in church. So that's a good, good place for you to go. If somebody has the link to the group of Bold Faith, it would be great if you could drop that link in the chat. That would be wonderful. If not, not a big deal. Okay. All right, we ready? I'm so, listen, can I tell y'all I am so excited to get into this? So excited to get into this. Let me just, let me pray first. God, we're just so excited. Well, I'm excited. I think some of them might be excited, but I'm certainly excited. Um, just in this time, God, while we are not reading from the scripture, if you could help us to really understand how we are to approach the scripture so that our hearts and our minds are ready to hear from you so that there isn't anything from our past or something that somebody told us or um, just these unwarranted and un verified beliefs that we hold to be true about you. Just remove all of those things as we prepare our minds and our hearts to dig into studying the book of Romans. In your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, let's get into it. So since this is just an overview, I'm just going to, I have my notes here. I'm just going to go through it. The book of Romans is an epistle, which really is just a Greek word for letter. Time out. If you don't have notes, if you didn't catch that you needed to take notes, then I'm going to go ahead and say that directly. Go ahead and get your paper and your pen out, your journal, um, so that you can take notes. Because if you're going to do the study with us, you're definitely going to want to write this down. Okay? Um, yeah. Okay. Let's get into it. So when you are looking at the book of Romans, here's the thing that you got to know. The Bible is not just like the storybook. It is a library. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. And there are different genres of writing in the different literary genres of writing in the Bible. You need to make yourself familiar with those things because understanding what genre you are about to study helps you to understand how to approach it. Because I cannot approach a letter like I would approach historic, like a historical narrative. It's just not the same. I can't approach the gospel like I would the law. So this is something that's very important. You need to be able to identify the genre of the book that you're about to study. And so Romans is a letter. It's called an epistle. It's from Paul. There are more letters there that are not from Paul, but this one is from Paul. And so there are some things that I want you to know anytime you get ready to study a letter, an epistle. I'm going to call them letters, okay? Anytime you get ready to study a book of the Bible that's a letter, there are some things that you need to know when you approach it so that you are um, reducing the chance that you will misinterpret something. Are you with me? Um, somebody can type these. If you don't have time to type because you're writing, that's fine. Um, there are three things that you want to consider. You want to consider how this letter fits into the big picture of the Bible, right? I said, you can't just take a verse without considering the context of the the chapter that it's in, the context of the book that it's in, the context of its picture, like in the Bible, right? Because 
there's this overarching story, big picture story that the Bible tells. And so I can't just take a book and ignore that. So when you're looking at the letter, you really need to look at the big picture. You want to ask yourself, like, where and how does this fit in the story about God? Okay, that's a question you want to ask. You want to ask yourself, where and how does this fit um, in the story about God's plan to redeem mankind to himself through Christ? Where does this fit in? Because that's the big picture. So where does this puzzle piece fit in that big picture. This is what you want to ask yourself about the text. The next thing that you want to look at is cultural context. And for us, what we're going to be looking at is like, what's going on culturally at the time of this writing? At the time that this letter to Rome, to the Roman church was written, what was going on in Rome? What was the political climate of Rome? What was going on with the Jews? What was going on with the Christians? because cultural context matters. Then the next thing you wanna look at is situational context. What specifically, what is the situation and circumstance under which this letter was written by whoever, in our case, Paul? Under what circumstance or situation was this letter written to Paul? What prompted Paul to write this letter? Um, why did he decide to write this letter to this group of of believers to this community of believers what was going on with them what was going on with him okay and then understanding that there are parts of a letter i feel like i'm flying through this but i have so much to share i mean then there are parts of a letter because it's a letter so when i get ready to start i don't need to just look at it like it's a story it is not it's a letter what are the parts of a letter there's a greeting um, and this time in these, uh, oh, don't make me tell you what century. First century? I think it's first century. Let me call it first century. I could be wrong. First century writing is um, when you're looking at letters, they start with a greeting, which is very similar to us. It's also a prayer. So a greeting, hey, this is me, what's up? A prayer or some type of thanksgiving. Then there's the body of the letter and then there's a closing. And recognizing that when I'm reading this, no matter how many pages, this is not Paul's first letter, by the way, but it is the longest. I think they're like 7,000 words. And so that's a very long letter, but it still has the parts of a letter. It's got a greeting. It's got a prayer or Thanksgiving. It's got a body and it's got closing. All right. And so the first thing we want to look at is the author. So this is written by Paul. I'm going to tell you some things, but you can read about the life and ministry of Paul in Acts chapter 7 through the end of Acts. Paul really comes into the picture in Acts chapter 7, verse 58, Acts 7, 58, through the end of the book of Acts. So through Acts 28, right? Um, you can verify all of these things, but I'm just going to give you some of the highlights, right? So Paul's um, Paul's Greek name was Saul. He's Saul Hebrew. Just kidding. His Hebrew name was Saul. He was Saul from Tarsus. He was Jewish. He was a part of the Pharisees. He was highly educated. He was a follower of the law. He was devout. He was a devout follower of the law of Moses or the Torah. Because I'm going to be talking a lot about Jews and non-Jews, so let's call it what it is. We refer, they refer to it in the Bible as the law of Moses. 
It's known today as the Torah. It's the first five books of the Bible, also referred to as the Pentateuch. So he was a devout follower of the Torah. He believed the gospel was a threat. Um, he believed that the, the gospel was a threat and it was causing Jews to abandon God. And so because of that, he had such great zeal for his belief and for the Torah that he imprisoned Jews. He had them beat. He agreed with their execution. And he did this because he felt like they were abandoning the law. They were abandoning the Torah. He um, he had this encounter with Christ on his way to Damascus. He was relatively young. He had this encounter with Christ on his way to Damascus. He was on his way to Damascus to go and get these Jews that he felt like was abandoning the law. They were abandoning the Torah, abandoning God. He wanted to bring them back and hold them accountable, throw them in prison. So he got permission to go there. So he goes there. He has this encounter with Jesus with the risen Jesus, he has this encounter. And it's on his way to Damascus that he is given his assignment. He is commissioned then to be an apostle, to be a uh, to be a representative, an ambassador, right, in today's terms, to be an ambassador for Christ and for the gospel. Everything changed. He was to give this message of the good news, the gospel, not to the Jews, right, but to the Gentiles so that they would repent and follow Christ. Paul was a man who raised up leaders. He started um, Christian communities or Christ-following communities, also known as churches. He started these churches in all these places, but he was also beat. He was flogged. He was falsely arrested and accused. He was imprisoned. He was attacked. And he was ultimately, it is believed to be beheaded. That's according to tradition. He was beheaded as a result also. But guess what? He never stopped sharing the gospel. That is the man who is writing this letter to the church in Rome. Now, who is he writing this letter to? He's writing this to Christians in Rome. They are both Jewish and non-Jewish Christians. They never met Paul before. Um, and this church, so this is not a church that Paul started. This is not a church that had any apostolic leadership. And when I say apostolic, I really just mean started by an apostle. An apostle did not start this church. So Paul didn't start the church in Rome. Peter didn't start the church in Rome. None of the disciples started the church in Rome. So then how did it get started? Well, when you're Jewish, and you're a devout Jew, then you participate in all the festivals, and some festivals can only be celebrated in Jerusalem. So even if you live in Rome, you take this trek to go and celebrate Passover, and that's what a lot of them did. They left Rome, and they went to celebrate Passover, and they, heard, they were there present for Pentecost. This is when Peter gave the good word, right? And they saw they saw um, the Holy Spirit come on and they were speaking in tongues and all of this. This is in Acts chapter two, if you want to go back and read it, if you haven't read it before. And so when they, they came to know Christ, right? They had this experience, they accepted Christ. They came back to Rome, which was their home because they were only there for Passover and they began to spread it. They began to spread and meet in homes to share the good news about Christ. So they didn't have any apostolic leadership, right? But they were doing the best they could. Here's the thing. Um, this means, let me let me go back. Let me, let me not go there because I'm, I'm ready. 
So that's how the church was started. So Paul never went there. In all his missions trips, he still hadn't gone to Rome by the time this letter was written. Now, I know at the end of Acts, he's in Rome, but this was written before he got there. He's, I think he was maybe on his third missionary trip. And so he's heard news has reached to him about this church in Rome. And so now he is writing them. He wants them to know that he plans to visit them. And so this is the reason that Paul is even connected to this Rome church, even though they, they don't know him personally. Now, how does this particular letter, the letter that we are looking at, the letter to the Romans, how does it fit in with this big picture of the Bible? And just so you know, like the big picture of the Bible, this, the Bible is all about God's plan to redeem all people to himself through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Bible is all about God. I know we study Paul and we study Joshua and we study Joseph, but just so we're clear, the Bible isn't about them. It, it illustrates them and they're in it. But the Bible is all about God revealing who he is, his nature and love for all of his people, for all creation. Okay. So how does this fit in with that? Well, it's really what Paul is going to be telling the Romans. He's really going to be telling them, hey, the, the, the Roman church, let me be clear, the Roman church. He's telling them. Hey, um, God is for everybody. Jesus is for everybody, no matter what your background is or whatever. And this was always his plans. Maybe he started with the Jews, but he always intended for there to be uh, multiple nations. Okay, so now I got a verse to read to you. I got to find it. Just came to my head. How do we, how do we know that this was always the plan? I, I want to read this to you. Um, Genesis. It's going to be in Genesis like, um, 12, maybe I think it's going to be Genesis 12. Give me just a second. I know I told you I didn't really have any plans, but I was going to go with what all the spirit gave me. Oh, I'll make you a great nation. Um, let me change their names. Hold on. I listen. I got to actually, um, Come over here to find it. In Genesis chapter 12, it is in chapter 12. God promises a nation to Abraham. Uh, this is Genesis 12, verse 1 and 2. The Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great and will be a blessing and you will be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples, this NIV version says peoples, meaning all these different nations. That means multicultural, multi-ethnic, all these people from all over the world. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So we know that Abraham was the father of the faith, right? He wasn't the father of everybody, but he was the father of the faith. And God is saying, I am going to, I'm going to make a nation of you. And we, it goes on to talk about that this nation is going to be separated and pulled apart. But he still says that Abraham, when he changes his name from Abram to Abraham, that he's going to be the father of many nations. That means that 
It's not just going to be the Jews. It's not just going to be this one nation. And Gentiles means many nations. And also, uh, it's sometimes explained as non-Jewish nations, right? So Israel, this is came down from Abraham. That's a nation. They have the same ethnicity. And so it's it could seem like this is the only thing. But if you understand the story of the Bible, that it's God's plan to redeem all people, you can see that's true throughout every single book, even before Jesus is on the scene, physically on the scene. You can see that in every single book, even in the book of Genesis, where we're talking about the father of the faith, Abraham, where God is saying, I'm going to make you into, I'm going to, you're going to be the father of nations. Her name's no longer going to be Sarai. It's going to be Sarah because I'm going to make her the mother of nations through her, right? This is going to be God's people. So that's how this book of Romans, this letter to the Rome, the Roman church fits into that big picture. Because that's what Paul is going to be saying throughout this thing. That it's not about the Gentiles and it's not about the Jews. Jesus came to save everybody. But it was always his plan. He's going to talk about Old Testament. He's going to talk about some of the um, history of Israel, the nation of Israel. He's going to be talking about some of those things to point out how it was always God's plan to redeem all people to himself. Right? And then we have to look at the cultural context. So this church in Rome that Paul is writing to, it's not a brand new church. This is a church that's been around for a little bit. And these house churches, like I said, would have started out as primarily Jewish. And they would start out as primarily Jewish because it was the Jews who were in Jerusalem at the time of the Passover and uh, Pentecost that would have brought the gospel back and would have started these churches. It wasn't an apostle that started the churches, right? So it means all the people I'm telling are Jewish. You know, they live separately. They weren't hanging out with Gentiles. And so this would have spread. They would have been mostly Jews. And because they were mostly Jews, it would have felt primarily Jewish in both like practice and culture. So, yes, it's a Christian church, but it's a Christian church that's run by and developed by devout Jews who are still holding on to some of their traditions, who are still, like, they haven't gotten rid of their culture. They're still circumcising their kids, their sons at, on the eighth day, and they're still keeping these things, all of the Jewish traditions. They're still doing that. And they believe in Christ, so they're following Christ, right? That means that the church, the church in Rome at its start would have been very Jewish. And there are certainly more Jewish Christians than non-Jewish Christians. But um, in AD 49, the Roman Emperor Claudius had them kicked out of Rome. All the Jews were kicked out of Rome. And he didn't care if they was regular Jewish, Christian Jewish, sideway Jewish, part-time Jewish. He ain't care. Jewish, you got to go. Uh, the Jews often had disputes and disturbances. And at some point... This emperor was like, I don't want y'all even going to the synagogues anymore. Y'all just don't know how to act. That's it. But they continue to go to the synagogues. So it is, it's told, it's reported that since they didn't listen, he kicked them out. They got to leave Rome. So they left Rome. We also know that they left Rome because this is where um, in the book of Acts, Paul met Aquila and Priscilla who had been exiled from Rome. 
That's why they were whatever city they was in. And he was able to meet them. So they were originally from Rome, but they had been kicked out. That lasted about five years because that emperor died in AD 54, five years later. When he died, then the Jews started coming back. But you have to remember that the original Roman church was primarily Jews, but there were Gentiles. And, excuse me. So when the Jews got kicked out, they all left and had to go wherever they were going. The Gentile Christians stayed and they continued to have church. But now they're having church for five years. They're, they're spreading the gospel and teaching about the good news about Christ and giving, you know, what they know about Christ for five years without any Jewish traditions, influence or leadership. Okay, for five years, the church in Rome is still growing, even though it's a fully Gentile church. Now, this emperor who kicked them out, he's dead. Now these Rome, now these Jews are coming back. Traditional Jews who are not Christian and Christian Jews, Jews who have converted to the way. Now they're coming back and they come back to find a church that is not like the one they left. It's not like the one they left. It's not the same. There's some similarities. They still love Jesus. They still want to follow Christ. They believe in the death and the resurrection, but it does not have the same cultural feel and they're not running it the way the Jewish Christians would have wanted it to be run. So now there is this division. There's this tension because you have these Jews that are kind of holding on to their traditions, even though they're Christian, they still want to see and feel and do things the way they've always done them as far as like the law and the festivals and uh, the requirements and those things are concerned. They still want to have some of that. And you have these Gentiles who don't know nothing about this Jewish way. They're like, uh, -uh we were saved by faith, baby. We can, we are here doing these things. Right. And so then that brings us to our situational context so this has been going on for a while now that the jews are back and they're at this church the book of romans the letter was said to be written um maybe about three years or so after the jews were able to start returning back to rome so now they've been there for like three years this is um post returning and the tension has probably grown, and now the division is even stronger than what it was before. And so Paul heard about the church, and he wanted to meet them, and he understood about the division, that some were still talking about circumcision, and some others just wanted to wow out. And so their difference in cultural beliefs, you know, had them at odds. So Paul's aim, the reason for writing this letter, is to unite the gentile christians of rome and the jewish christians who have been away from rome but have been back now for a few years right to unify them as one church one body in christ that's the purpose so when you start to read these letters when you start to read the verses and the sentences from this letter you can keep that in mind. The purpose of Paul writing this is to unify them because people from different backgrounds are at odds. Not so different right now. 
maybe we all need to be studying Romans, right? People who don't look like me, don't sound like me, didn't grow up like me. Um, there's division in the church. I don't like the way you run your church. I don't think that you, I don't like the culture. I don't like, the, like all of these things. And Paul is writing this letter like, okay, I get that y'all are different, but what unifies y'all is so much more important than anything that divides you. How can you be divided if you know and understand what Christ has done for all men or for all mankind? That is the purpose behind writing this letter to the church at Rome. Now, I'm going to close, but there are a couple things that I want to give you for you to like, just consider and think about. I want you to be careful because the reason I want you to be careful is because it's a letter, and this is true for all letters in the Bible, because it's a letter, it is written to, um, it's written Yes, in first person, but it's written to you, right? To to the subject you, that is second person. I'm talking grammar now, right? So it's written not to you, the person who's watching, but it's it's written to Y-O-U. So let's just say here, let's, let me pull back. Let me just make sure I'm making sense here. If I write a letter to a person and I'm talking to them about things, whatever if i'm talking directly to them in the letter i'm going to say things like you've been you know you've been a high school graduate for five years right i don't know why i'm talking to high school graduate but you've been a high school i'm talking to the person i'm talking to if you find that letter and you read it you're not confused during any point of that letter that I mean to imply that you've been a Christian, that you've been a high school graduate for five years. You know that you're not confused by that. Somehow when we read the Bible, because it was written so long ago, and we know that God speaks to us through his word, when we read the word you, we literally think that it's talking about us, the reader, me, the person that's reading. And it ain't. Because it wasn't, especially when we're looking at these letters, because it wasn't written to you and it wasn't written to me. It was actually written to them. And so we're just reading a letter that was meant for somebody else. We are reading somebody else's email. So when I read the email and it says, I love you so much, I can't believe that you would break my heart. I know they're not talking about me. I know they don't love me so much. They love them so much. They don't even know me. They talk about this person over here. When we read the letters, because we read the word you, we can sometimes get the wrong impression and we can make theology about something that was being said to a person. By theology, we can make it mean something about God. We can make it doctrine when really it was just a sentence. We can make it doctrine when really it was just direction for a particular church at a particular time dealing with particular issues. Okay, so keep that in mind as you're studying this. I was listening to it the other day and um, it got to the part where he's talking about something about the government and trusting the government and all this stuff. And I thought to myself, how can the Bible, <laughs> just for a second, I thought to myself, how can the Bible be telling me to trust this government? These people are corrupt. 
And then the Holy Spirit was like, ma'am, not talking to you. Paul is, when Paul is referencing the government, the overseers, when he, in this letter to the Roman church, he's talking about the Roman empire specifically. And how they're being treated by the Roman empire may not be how you're being treated by your government, wherever you live and whatever time you are studying this. Because it can lead us to think like, oh, so God supports corrupt whatever. Like He's not even talking about your government, friend. He's talking about the Roman Empire and how they're running things. But just when I was listening to it just for a second, I thought for a second Paul was talking to me. But he wasn't. I'm eavesdropping on somebody else's conversation. And I'm going to learn all I can from it. But it's eavesdropping nonetheless. So I want you to keep that in mind as you prepare to study this, that this is a letter with a very particular audience in mind, addressing, um, giving like with a very particular purpose, right? It's a very particular audience with a very particular purpose to unify the church at that time in Rome. Okay. The Roman church. And they had some particular issues, which I just shared about. So understand that Paul knows that they know the issues they're facing. Paul knew the issues they're facing. If we don't look at context, then we have no idea what was going on with the Roman church. We don't know why Paul is saying this. We think it's great. We love Paul and we love the book of Romans. We love Romans 8 and 28, right? Like we love this. We love, we love the book, but we, if we don't look at the context, then we can miss why Paul is saying what he's saying and why he's taking this, um, this route in this letter. But now that you have that background, then you'll get why he's saying it. And hopefully you will remember who he's saying it to. So that's something I want you to understand. I'll leave you with this. Okay. Um, this letter to this letter to the Roman church is really, this letter is all about the gospel. It is all the whole part. If I had to say like, what is the theme thing? Let's go with thing. I don't even like things. If I had to say what was the theme or what is this letter all about? This letter is the gospel. The, the letter is the gospel. He talks about sin. He talks about Jesus being the Messiah. He talks about the death and the resurrection and how we are justified and how we are sanctified through it. Like this is the good news. That is what this I'm holding like I'm holding a letter up. This is the good news. This is a letter all about the gospel. It is the gospel. There are two parts. There are several parts, but I want you to consider as you get ready to study this, that there are two parts. Um, this letter is broken up into two parts. There are four parts, the greeting, this, 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 right? But there are two sections. Let me say two sections so that it doesn't get confusing. The first section, Paul is in chap is chapters one through um 11 chapters 1 through 11 and this is where Paul presents theological he presents the theological truth of the gospel we say theological that's a big word we're just talking about uh, God right and understanding of God he presents the theological truth of the gospel sin salvation righteousness of God um, in other words he is telling us in chapters 1 through 11 
he's telling them what we can learn from it in chapters one through 11 is what we need to, if we're going to be Christians, what we need to believe, understand, and accept as truth. That everybody sins and falls short, that Jesus is the only way, and that it is through Christ that we are made righteous. That's it. Chapters 1 through 11 is him presenting the theological truth of the gospel. He's laying down this apostolic doctrine. Okay? Not secondhand. He's laying down this apostolic doctrine about the gospel. And then the second section, um, chapters 12 through 16, he is covering, he's presenting um, the workings of the righteousness of God, right? So the theological truth about the gospel, this is the thing that we need to believe, understand, and accept if we want to be Christians. I need to believe, understand, and accept. I need to understand, believe, and accept that this is the truth if I want to be Christian. Then he turns from that. So now I got that. And he deals with the workings of the righteousness of God because the workings of the righteousness of God comes through salvation, comes through Christ Jesus. So in other words, it is how we should live. What we need to understand, believe, and accept as believers, chapters 1 through 11, and then chapters 12 through 16, what that looks like in our life, what what that fruit will look like in our life, if we allow for um, God's righteousness to work through us, right? Then we'll see what that's like. I want to encourage you to listen to this book of Romans, this letter to the, the church in Rome. Um, we're not going to gather today after church for our normal Zoom. Um, we normally are there for about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. What I want you to do today instead is to listen to the book of Romans in its entirety in one sitting from start to finish chapters one through 16. If you have the dwell app, if you've been encouraged discipleship, then you definitely have the dwell app because I've given it to you. You already know about it. If you don't know about it, put you on game, check it out. If not, it's fine. You can read it. But when I say, listen, that means that you need to read it aloud because the letters were expected to be heard, right? There were not a lot of people who could read back then. And so if I wrote a letter to you, I would send it, not by mail, but by a person who was coming your way, who was coming to your town. And then that person would, would give you the letter and say, hey, this is a letter from Courage. And then if you couldn't read nine times out of 10, you couldn't, then they would have somebody read it to you. So it's, it's like this, um, it's not really a performance. It's a reading aloud. And so that's how it's, it's written with the understanding that somebody is going to read this aloud. This was written to be heard uh, through the ears, if that makes sense. So I want you to take the time to listen to it either on an audio app. And um, if you don't have an audio Bible, that's fine. You can read chapters one through 16. Just get into a place where you can read it aloud so that you can hear the word, right? Because you want to hear this letter. Now, maybe you feel like 
this sounds great and this sounds wonderful that he's going to be presenting this truth about the gospel. He's going to be presenting this theological truth of the goodness and the righteousness of God. But you have not come to know Christ in that way. I want to give you an opportunity to come to know Christ. So I'm going to tell you about the gospel. The truth is we have all sinned. I read something this week that explained or described sin as a marksman word and that the word sin means to miss the mark. We've all missed the mark. And the mark is not other people. It's not even the people of the Bible. The mark is Christ. Christ is the standard, right? And so no matter who you are, no matter how kind you are, your morals, I'm a good person, I never did nothing to nobody, or I know these other Christians who are meaner and nastier than me, they're not the standard, friend. Christ is the standard. And if you look at not what the people of the Bible did, I think we think that Christianity is built on what people in the Bible did. It's not. The gospel is not Bible um, historians. The Bible is not Paul, right? Christianity is not about Paul. Christianity is about Christ. It's about following the way of Christ. And so we're called to be like him, not like anybody else, not like the people at your church who told you, not about any of those things. So if you've come to a place where you understand that you are not, that you have missed the mark, that you're not living your life like Christ as the creator has called for us to live and you recognize that there isn't anything that you can do on your own that's going to get you there. The law didn't do it for them. Rules, regulations, and values, morals don't do it for us. It is only by the blood of the lamb. So if you believe that God sent his son Jesus to stand in your place because the wages of sin is death, and that Jesus, the perfect lamb, because he was God, son of God and son of man, who put on flesh to take on sin so that we could take on righteousness. If you believe that, that God sent his son Jesus to take your place as a sinner, to take on your sin, that Jesus died, laid down his life for you, and that he rose again right from the dead and lives today and you want to accept him not just as your savior and the substitute but you want to accept him as your lord also then i want you to say this prayer with me father i confess with my mouth that jesus is lord I believe, God, that you raised him from the dead. I now accept him as my Lord and Savior. I accept the gift of salvation right now. Thank you, Father God, for forgiving me, for saving me, and giving me eternal life with you. Amen. If you said it and you meant it, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of Christ. 
Hallelujah. Welcome, friend. Welcome. Now, listen, this is an individual decision, but you are not meant to do this alone. Send us an email, praise at boldfaithchurch.org. Let us know that you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. We want to connect with you. We want to get you connected and get some materials in your hands to help you as you begin this faith walk. You are in the right place. Get connected with the amazing women in this community. Um, here's the thing. Maybe you coming back. Maybe you've been gone for a minute. Now you're ready to come back. We want to hear from you. Maybe you've decided that Bold Faith Community Church is your church home. We'd love to welcome you and see you officially. Go to praise at boldfaithchurch.org. Send us an email. Or you can go to the church website, boldfaithchurch.org, and click the little word that says join, and it'll take you so that you can get um, connected and you can be counted among the number. You do not want to miss out on this amazing community. Like I said, we normally meet directly after this sermon so that we can get together in the Zoom, but we will not be doing that. If you have loved this message today, you feel like, yep, you are ready. You're about to get ready to get down and study. You've never been excited. First of all, I'm super excited about this. I don't know about y'all, but I'm so excited about studying the book of Romans. If you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm so super excited and you want to help us to get messages like this and to equip and educate and empower other believers and to bring non-believers to Christ, you want to be a part of what God is doing in and through Bold Faith Community Church then go to our website and give. You can give your tithes and offering there. We could not do this great work without you. We could not do this without your generosity. And so we thank you. Again, if you have loved this, I want you to go ahead and like this video. It's so important. It, help, it helps us to get found. Uh, people who are looking for other great, for looking for great faith communities, they can find us when you like the video. Be sure to share this. Invite somebody to start this study with you. What are we doing, friend? We hoarding? No, we are sharing. So go ahead and click that share button. Share it with a friend. Call a friend up and say, hey, girl, hey, I think that we need to do this study together. I've always wanted to study the Book of Romans, but it's a lot. And it is. So let's do it in community. Let's do it together. And subscribe so that you don't miss us. We're here Monday through Friday. Mornings in the Word. 7 a.m. EST, reading through the Chronological Bible Reading Plan. It's absolutely amazing. There are several readers, myself, Vina, Tiana. We got some new people coming, so y'all don't want to miss it. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And don't forget, we're here every Saturday, 8 a.m. EST. I cannot wait to see y'all in this community next week. But today, what y'all doing today, y'all, this is not a free day because we're not getting in Zoom. It's not free time. This is read my Bible, Romans chapter one through 16, lot, like allowed time. That's what time this is. This is Bible reading time. This is not, oh, I get to go to brunch and breakfast early. That's not what this is. I want you to sit. There is something to be said about reading it all the way through. And I want you to read it all the way through. Okay. All right. I love y'all. And I will see y'all in the community. And I'll see you right back here next week for church. All right. Love y'all. Later. 
If this episode has blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else so that you too can be a blessing. If you'd like to connect with us and help us to do the work that God has called us to do, you can give at boldfaithchurch.org. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram at boldfaithchurch and connect with me at Courage Molina. Thanks so much. Be sure to catch the next episode right here.